0: Today we'll continue our discussion of how the big picture perspective can be helpful for some people who are concerned with the issues of today. The first issue I'll address is something that unfortunately is all too common uh, today in our society, and that is suicide. If a friend or a relative or someone you know has committed suicide, or if you're thinking about it, DO NOT COMMIT SUICIDE. These podcasts emphasize that there's a lot of good stuff going on beyond this particular existence. It's possible that someone with a lot of troubles could listen to them, and they might be tempted to commit suicide, figuring they'd have a shortcut to the good life. Not so. Emphatically not so while the big picture perspective recognizes the beauty beyond our human time-space illusion borders it also recognizes that we came here for some very good reasons we probably quote waited a long time close quote in a uh, another type of universe in the spirit universe we waited a long time in that time frame to choose the circumstances that were just right for us and the big picture perspective recognizes that suicide prematurely ends our chance to play the game as we intended to enjoy the soul growth that we're after and to come out of it with the satisfaction that we'd learned and grown all we could in that lifetime. Now Many years ago, there was a movie titled uh, What Dreams May Come. Now That movie did such an outstanding job portraying how beautiful life after death can be that I'm sure they were aware that some moviegoers, disenchanted with life, they might decide to commit suicide. I don't know, but I suspect that this is a major reason why one major theme of that movie was that suicides experience terrible things after death. If that were the case, I can understand their motivation in attempting to prevent suicides. But the big picture perspective and the evidence behind it would not have you believe that. It would not have you think there is some special punishment or some designated bad place for people who commit suicide. People who commit suicide, like anyone else, are each individual's. So what they experience in the first stages after death will depend largely on their individual expectations, which is the case for everyone. Certainly a 95-year-old who has lived a full life and has been suffering for many years with a debilitating illness is not going to suffer the agonies of some pseudo-hell just because they decide to put an end to the pain. The the big picture perspective would have you recognize the right of each person to decide for him or herself when they determine the quality of life has sunk to such a low that there's no longer anything to be gained by continuing to participate. It's their decision, and what they will encounter afterward will also be largely of their own creation. You and I don't know what it will be. The after-death communications of Joe Gallenberger's brother Pete, you might remember in a previous episode, <clears throat> those communications are instructive here. His suicide may have contributed to a rough transition, indeed, but apparently did no lasting harm. Now, one thing's certain, the big-picture perspective can only strengthen your understanding that there is value in living your life for as long as you can regardless of whether your immediate circumstances are joyful or bleak. Just the knowledge of what you're here for and that you're only playing a role should help you from despairing. The knowledge that you can learn from adversity, that there are ways you haven't yet tried for bringing about the kind of life you want, that the apparent misery and evil in the world is part of a big illusion, that you can draw on the strength of your big self, your counterparts, and your probable selves, that you co-create your reality, and that loving energy forces are throughout the universe available for you to tap into at any time, even in the worst of physical world circumstances. All of these realizations can only be life-affirming. We all need to learn our lessons in creating and experiencing emotions, either in this lifetime or in another, or in between physical incarnations. The best information of respected psychics over the years indicates that this earth school, that they call it, is a place of compressed learning, where we can advance and grow on many fronts in many ways in a manner that would be much more difficult and probably more, quote, time-consuming outside of it. So my advice is, take the easy way out and stay in the game. If you're contemplating suicide, don't do it. Instead, think about all the good you have yet to do for others in this world, and start thinking about the reasons why you as a spirit came into this time and place and your circumstances. What special gift do you have to give the rest of us? A special way of looking at the world? A special way of laughing at it? A special way of loving us? Maybe you haven't discovered it yet, but be assured you do have some special gifts to give to the rest of us. Now think about the uh, methods that have been described for bringing about the reality you want. We've done that in uh, previous episodes. And the fact that you can open yourself up to recovering more love than you've ever dreamt of. Now that you know it's possible and it may not be all that difficult, why not do that instead? There's a saying somewhere that's always stuck in my mind, how to know when you've fulfilled your purpose in life. The answer, if you're alive, you haven't. There's always more to be learned and experienced, more good to be do, to be done Uh, more love to receive, stay with it and uh, call a suicide hotline if you're tempted. But for those of you who've lived a long and full life and have decided it's time to go, if there's no one who can persuade you otherwise, well, with the big picture perspective, you can be assured you're not going to be consigned to some special kind of horrific afterlife experience just because you accelerated the dying process a bit. or you refused, uh, for example, uh, chemo for an advanced cancer. Keep your expectations high and happy. Look to be received by entities who love and care for you, who will direct you, and you should do just fine. Again, Seth's words from uh, his session 546 are reassuring, and I recommend you read them. In essence, he's telling us there are no special places or conditions after death in which a given personality is forced to have experience. Suicides have no special punishment, and they're not even treated as a class, but as individuals. True, he explains problems not faced in a given lifetime will be faced in another one. But that applies to everybody, not just to suicides person who commits suicide because he rejects experience on any terms other than those he chooses will have to learn differently. But many who do not commit suicide nevertheless choose to deny experience while living, and in that way they commit, quote, suicide, close quote, just as effectively. At any rate, spirit teachers are always available to explain the true situation to those who have committed suicide. Sometimes the person may be led back to events just prior to the suicide and can then experience a reality in which he or she did not commit the suicide. Memory of the suicide is temporarily blotted out to be restored later when the person is better able to understand the larger picture in which it happened. All right, the, the next issue I'll address uh, is one that's very timely, uh, given all the news that's constantly on our TVs and radios about UFOs today. And that's the issue of if you're wondering whether there is life on other planets. Understanding the big picture perspective, the answer is yes, of course. <clears throat> but stop thinking so small. You're thinking on the scale of our little universe with its trillions of stars, that can be perceived or deduced through the instruments of astronomers and the minds of mathematicians. That's the universe of just one frequency, remember, and there are an infinite number of frequencies. Even on those few trillion planets and stars that we can perceive, however, remember that everything has consciousness. Climates that we believe are not suitable for supporting life are simply climates that are not capable of supporting the kind of life form that we have. At different frequencies on the same planet, there may be abundant life, but we'll never perceive it with our senses. Seth tells us that we've not tuned in to other realities to any extent, except in our dreams. He states that planes of actuality, planes of actuality, these are not places, but planes, planes of actuality of one sort or another exist everywhere, literally everywhere. The apparent emptiness of outer space, he he emphasized, is far from empty, but these are not necessarily worlds that we could visit, even with the most advanced spaceships imaginable. That's because many of them would appear as incomprehensibly vast to us as our planet would appear to a fly. Physical objects would appear to be so far separated in space that we could not perceive the characteristics of these worlds. We couldn't perceive realities as they existed there at all. We couldn't perceive enough data to make any deductions about anything. Our mistake, he explains, is in judging existence by its protrusion into matter as we are familiar with matter. In many other actualities, he pointed out, the inhabitants are independent of material construction, which gives them a much greater freedom in perceiving realities. Our inner cells, he informed us, are basically independent from matter. And if that were not the case, human life as we know it, would be impossible. Well, uh, that's a lot to digest, and for some people, for, but uh, we'll now uh, proceed to the, uh, the last issue I'm going to address today. It's related, and that's if you're wondering about the significance of the, quote, big changes that have been predicted for the 21st century. My answer is, relax. If you keep the big picture in mind, the big perspective, then the earth changes supposedly predicted by the Bible, by Nostradamus and others for the uh, 40 to 60 year periods surrounding this millennium, if they happen, they're simply not that big a deal. Now except for the major shifting of the earth's plates and the calamities that result, a lot of these predictions have already come about. Gigantic storms, floods, droughts, wars and famine on a regular basis, every sort of crazy religious sectorizing we've got it all now if the plates shift and massive portions of the continents sink below the, below the sea while other land rises that will indeed be significant for the task of supporting the human population what's left of it and living a life that has what we consider appealing qualities for the next century would be awfully difficult But how significant is it for the infinite lifespan of who you really are in your totality, in all your universes, right now, beyond your little everyday ego personality that's in this tiny little corner of all that is? It's just a blip. Let's assume for the moment that you and I and most people in this probability die as a result of earth changes, or any other horrible thing like nuclear war. In McMonigal's uh, book, The Ultimate Time Machine, he tells us the total population of the Earth in 2050 will rise to 10 billion, indicating no big problems up to that point. But in the year 3000, he sees a population only one-sixth of what it is now. So maybe the big Earth changes do happen in our probability, but later than most of us think. Now he points out the reduction could be the result of many uh, factors, not necessarily earth changes. But what if the predicted earth changes happen? Or what if there's nuclear war? Is there any consolation for us in this event? Well, yes, there is. First of all, your personality continues even though it's no longer focused in the particular body with which you now identify. From that vantage point, you will be able to take stock of what you want to do quote next close quote maybe you simply concentrate more energies on those probabilities where you survived the earth changes in that way you can perhaps continue to participate in your big self's incarnations in those probabilities or it may just be time for you to wrap it up regarding the incarnational phase of your existence As it suits your purposes, you may want to go inhabit some other planet or focus on existences which don't have much at all to do with the physical life on a planet like this. Maybe it's time to have the primary expression of your existence be a musical note, an electrical spark, a feeling, or emotion of a certain intensity. Maybe you take a physical form somewhat similar to what you have here but with an entirely different set of basic assumptions totally new rules of the game. Remember we are just one probability of one civilization centered on one planet in one galaxy tuned into just one frequency where there are very likely trillions or more options. The other worlds of which we are a part and which we have yet to explore are so great in number and kind that it boggles the imagination. Sooner or later we'll all get to experience other realities if we choose them, such as probabilities, light forms, musical notes, feeling, intensities, and still more where the root assumptions of the game are totally unlike anything we know here. The important thing is, inside the physical body or out of it, our consciousness will continue to be to create, to love and be loved, to grow and change forever in an infinite now. And we come to know our own grand and exciting reality as part of a bigger and bigger self and the source of ever more wonderful and enjoyable worlds. Understanding the big picture, knowing that this is where we're heading, having an appreciation for all that we will experience Can any predicted earth changes, wars, famine, pestilence, or assorted disasters, can they be anything more than a blip for us? Well, that uh, concludes our discussion of how the big picture perspective can uh, help us perhaps with some of the issues that we're facing today. In our next session, uh, we'll take a look at the 2075 movement and we'll we'll have a number of sessions on that again i'm dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead